2: This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel from BetQL. Allen delivers touchdown. Stefan Diggs. The Buffalo Bills cash in and extend their lead. We're where we want to be right now. We gotta, we gotta continue to to find ways to win, win football games and move the ball and take advantage of our opportunities and um, you know playoff caliber mindset. That's what we have. Welcome back, BeckQL Daily, presented as always by Fan FanDuel Sportsbook. The voice there, Josh Allen. The Bills yesterday go in to, to New England, win a game, and wrestle control back in the AFC. So let's talk about that and an entire week 16 to react to here. Michael Lombardi, Odyssey NFL insider. He's joining us on the Roman Guest Line. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffles weekly podcast, available on the Odyssey app. Mike, big shift in the top of the AFC East yesterday. New England and Buffalo, and Buffalo goes in there, they didn't punt, and Josh Allen was the best player on the field. Uh, Would you take away? Watch that. But Buffalo's had a weird year where they've had, you know, a lot of the metrics say they're really, really good, but they hadn't won a close game, hadn't really beat a really good team for a while since taking down Kansas City. Uh, that was pretty impressive yesterday.
1: Yesterday, really, over the whole weekend was about teams that understood how to play playoff football, responded, and – New England had really couldn't raise their game to another level, and Buffalo raised their game and couldn't. New England couldn't match it. I mean, the score wasn't as close as the game, and and Josh Allen, as you said, was the best player on the field. They dominated. Uh, they proved that they're not an, a, they lack physicality as a team, and they had New England on the ropes from the very first drive of the game. And Josh was magnificent, converting third downs, running with the ball, and creating creating situations where the Patriots had to play in space and they couldn't respond so i i really felt like you know kansas city buffalo the rams teams that 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 you expect to be in the playoffs they raised their level of play to playoff level and the teams that were they were playing couldn't match them
0: michael with your opening statement there i also ran to saturday night between the colts and the cardinals we have another season college mm-hmm. pros a cliff kingsbury team is fading down the stretch and uh here we have the Colts with a three and and0 ATS run. They're nine and three in their last twelve games and looking looking pretty good heading into the postseason.
1: Yeah, I mean it's even more remarkable the fact that four of their five offensive linemen are out of the game, right? And and uh, you know, they were able to do that. They're missing Darius Leonard in, in the game and, and yet they were able to stop him. I mean, look, we can blame Cliff, but I think the quarterback Kyler Murray has as much to blame as anything. Plus, their team you know their team hasn't really been able to – they're an older team, and the longer the year goes, they don't play as well. Last year, they're 3-9 and nine over the last uh, uh, 12 games. And one of those wins came against Buffalo when they threw the Hail Mary. I mean, and Murray, for all his talents and for all his electricity in terms of being a great player, uh, you know, as, when he gets hurt and he's not 100%, he's not the same player. It's just a fact, and he wasn't a very good player on Saturday night. You know, his numbers might stay different, but if you watch the game, they couldn't make enough plays in the game. And so I, I think that that's really the concern. And, and Buffalo, I mean, excuse me, Arizona just hasn't been able to respond, and I, and I think that's, that's as much on Cliff, it's as much on the quarterback. Because once he gets hurt, I mean, he had the long run, but before that long run, he wasn't able to do anything in the running game. He was he was averaging three nine a carry last year. He was up to three six at six point three. I mean, good
3: morning, Michael. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Thanks for being with us. There's been a running joke on the show. I thought it was a great idea. Five Coach of the Year tickets and Belichick <laughs> and Kingsbury seemed. That I've got those two, but now I'm I've kind of panicking. I don't feel great about it. Uh, who do you see winning Coach Coach of the Year? I,
1: I think coach of the year is Frank Wright. I think Frank Wright's the coach of the year. I think he's overcome adversity earlier this season. He's identified his team's strengths and weaknesses. He's played to those. He's been able to coach the kicking game really well. Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coach, has done a great job. You know That's part of Frank Wright. You know, And he's been able to get the defense to change what they do. They don't play as much zone as they have in the past. They're playing more man-to-man. They're rushing. They're, they're doing a better job in that phase. I think it's Frank Wright. I think he's done a re- remarkable job, and I think his team uh, echoes his personality in terms of toughness, and they're playing their best football at the most opportune time to play their best football. I think he's going off at 12-1. to 1. Look, people say LaFleur should be coach of the year. Okay, I-, I get that. They certainly have won a lot of games. But, you know, let's give Aaron Rodgers his due. He's the MVP of the league no matter how this vote comes out. So we can forget about that. The other reality of it is, is – is the, the Packers' special teams a disaster? And defensively, they haven't been able to fix the problems. Now, I know they're missing some players, but that doesn't really solve anything. And I think if you look over the whole landscape and you identify what a head coach means, it's all three phases. I think it's Frank Wright.
2: Learn more at marines.com. Mike Lombardi, Odyssey NFL Insider, joining us here on Beck UL Daily. Mike, yesterday, Joe Burrow, 525 yards throwing um, in the passing game yesterday, and they torched the Ravens. Obviously, a lot of issues on both sides with COVID, but it looks like now it's the Bengals division to lose if they could finish this strong year. Um, how good can this Bengals team finish this season? There, are Burrows playing great now. Do you think they're dangerous when we get to January?
1: Well, I mean, you know, January football is about really being able to control the line of scrimmage. And, you know, yesterday, let's, you know, I, obviously, he, he was great. And I think Joe Burrow is fabulous. I mean, and, and what he's been able to do is remarkable. But that being said, you know, I think they're going to have to prove that they can, they can control the game defensively. I didn't think they ever had control that game defensively. I mean, Josh Johnson's coming off the bench and playing fairly well. I'm, and they kept scoring, which is a credit to them because they had to keep scoring. So, uh, you know, this will be a tough week against Kansas City. I mean, look, you know, and then they're going to play whatever they get in. If they win it, they got to go to Cleveland and beat Cleveland. Cleveland beat them the last time. Now, I think they're the best team in the North because right now they're the healthiest team and they're the most complete team of the North.
0: How about that Joe Burrow draft? You had uh, Herbert go number six overall. He's offensive rookie of the year. Fantastic rookie campaign. Uh, People want, want to force Staley into that coach of the year spot all year long. Uh, they fall in love with the guy, and uh, and they're just a complete dud. dud. They end up 13-point favorites, and they can't stop Rex Burkhead and company with, with the Texans. What were your takeaways with that Chargers loss?
1: Well, I mean, look, you know, I, I'm not a real football person because I don't know why he went for it on fourth down <laughs> in the Kansas City game. So real football people know what he's doing. I don't know what he's doing. You know, I mean, he's supposed to be a defensive coach, and he and he's given up – you know, Rex Burke has a nickel running back, and he ran for 130 yards against them. And I think the, the reality of it is, is he hasn't been able to solve his defensive struggles. Forget about his offensive struggles. He played a Houston Texan team that was missing 17 players. I mean, this isn't a talented team. They dominated the game. They dominated the game. And, and, and you can rip up the, the Brendan Staley uh, uh, Coach of the Year tickets. I said that last week you could rip them up. You could definitely rip them up this week. I mean, look, they're, they're just, they haven't improved during the season. That's what you measure a coach by, is improvement during the year. And they haven't. They're playing their worst football at the worst time. And to go yeah. into Houston and not be able to win there is, to me, it's really a mark on him. And he could say, well, we're missing some good players. So were they. But here's the reality. They haven't been able to stop the run since week one of the season. In week 16 of the season or 17, they couldn't stop the run. Something's wrong there.
3: Yeah. And speaking of duds, the Seahawks, I mean, oh, they've, this is just bad. I was looking ahead at the line and Seahawks link seven and a half against the Lions. I don't know who's betting that. I know with COVID, it's not a good idea to bet this early, but um, I mean, the Lions are 10 and five ATS. That's just crazy to me. Uh, I don't trust that. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, just big picture on the Seahawks because it seems like they've got problems.
1: Well, I mean, they got huge problems. I mean, they're up 24-14 in that game. Russell misses a wide-open Everett, you know, that's going to convert a third down. It's it's going to go deep into into Chicago territory. And then they let let Chicago come back. I mean, they let Nick Foles make throws. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of dysfunction going on to me with their team. And I I don't see how they're seven-and-a-half points better than anybody. Look, the Lions, I thought with Tim Boyle yesterday, I thought Atlanta was a good play, even at six-and-a-half. And, you know, they end up, they end up going to a four-point win. They kick that field goal in, this, in, the, in the fourth quarter. But, you know, to me, uh, you've got to give Campbell's team, they play hard, they, they're not very talented, but they compete. And, and Seattle it, hasn't it really done that. I mean, I thought Seattle coming off a 20-10 to 10 loss to the Rams, they played really well. I thought they could shut down this Bears offense. They never could. And the Bears controlled that game even though they were behind. They were moving the football constantly. So, you know, I think Seattle's got huge issues.
2: Mike, I'm curious your thoughts on a pair of young quarterbacks that might take their teams to the playoffs and if it changes the calculus, if it should change the calculus on whether they're the quarterback next year or not. Tua down in Miami, if they went out, they're likely in. The Eagles, if they went out, they are in. Tua, Jalen Hurts, both you know question marks if they're the guys long-term in those cities. Do you think if those quarterbacks take their teams to the playoffs, it changes it and they're back next year? Or do front offices not, not think like that and if they can upgrade, they can upgrade?
1: I think if they can upgrade, they can upgrade. I mean, I think it's no, no doubt that, you know, we'll see Tua tonight. He's going to have to throw the ball in the tight man coverage. I mean, Tua's balls is hanging in the air forever. Uh, we saw it last week against the Jets. He tries to throw that out from the far hash into this boundary, into the sideline, and it, was, it just hung there forever. So we're going to see how that works out. And, and, and I think that when you look at Hurts, it's a unique offense. I do think the Eagles, with their three number ones, had thought there'd be a quarterback in this draft. I'm not sure there is, whether it's Kenny Pickett or not. So I, th- I think that's going to be a question mark, and we'll, we'll go and see what happens. But I, I don't think that, look, they don't have to discard them because they're, they're, they're ro- on a rookie contract, so it's really economical for them to keep them. So I think it's, it's a better situation where you can deal with what you want. Now, there's going to be a lot of teams need quarterbacks, you know, and so there's going to be a lot of interest, in, and even if these guys aren't with the answer for them, they may see some, somebody else may see them as the answer.
0: Michael Lombardi here on BetQL Daily, Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth. And uh, Michael, tomorrow's the day. Teams can start to interview head coaches. Jacksonville, Vegas, they already have – we know they have the vacancy there uh, in Chicago here. They're talking about the Bears. They win yesterday, but are the Bears going to make a move? Are they going to start to do anything? What about the general manager? We see uh, Sunday morning Schefter saying, hey, the Giants are good. They're, they're fine. They're going to run back their head coach and their, uh, their quarterback, Daniel Jones, when he's healthy. Uh, I'm curious on your perspective. Do you think this was a good rule change for the league?
1: Well, because it, it's only going to hurt the balance of, uh, of the, the end of the season. I mean, if the Denver fires their coach, sick like Fangio today, let's say, and I, I don't, I'm not saying they will. But the, that mm-hmm. game against the Chargers almost becomes how do they win it, you know? And, and I think that uh, I think it's really a problem. I think that, you know, it, it, in theory it sounds good. In reality, it puts a lot less emphasis on the last two games. Uh, and, and that's what the league has always wanted to do is put emphasis on the last two games. So, to me, it's been counterproductive and, and counterintuitive, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, look, there's going to be some openings, and, If you have a job that's open, I think people are going to wait. I don't think anybody's just going to run and say, okay, Jacksonville, here we come. Uh, You know, we're going to take your job. It's going to take some time. And I think through that time, people will find out. Look, the the one thing that goes on in the National Football League is there is a lot of backroom talk. There's a lot of backroom talk. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll see that that backroom talk will lead to people waiting. I mean, as for the Giants, I mean, since December 27, 2016 till today, their record is 23 and 57, a 28% winning percentage. I think staying the course probably is the right thing to do because, you know, when you've got a 28 winning percentage, you're doing well. So I wouldn't worry about it.
0: If the Bears don't do anything, people will be screaming, oh, they weren't ready for this. Why aren't they interviewing people? Well, Ryan Pace might be the bigger problem there. So you've got to get that figured out. I understand. Um, do, do you think uh, throughout the league, do you get a bad reputation if you fire a coach? after a win? Because that's something we we might see in the coming years with this current rule.
1: I I do, but I think, you know, you could, I mean, they could easily go to Matt Nagy and say, look, uh, you know, we want you to keep coaching until the end of the year. We're probably going to make a change, you know, have an adult conversation. I think Matt Nagy knows that there's going to be changes in Chicago. There has to be, you know, and I think that that's got to be a conversation that you have to have. And if he's going to keep coaching and I think it's the best thing. I mean, you know, Nagy's been trying to coach as hard as he can. I'm not saying it's been great but he's trying to coach as hard as he can in the, in the final days of his coaching career in Chicago. And I think that's really important.
3: Monday night football, Dolphins at Saints. What do you expect out of the Saints and Ian Book tonight?
1: To expect Aaron. I, you know, it's hard to predict. I mean, Miami runs a lot of blitz zero. They, they, they try to take chances. They'll try to pressure the quarterback as often as they can. And most of the time, young quarterbacks have a hard time. Miami's got to do a really good job of stopping the run because that's going to be the key to New Orleans having any success. And then New Orleans has got to do a really good job of pressuring Tua. Tua gets the ball in his hands very quick. He throws nothing but flats, slants, swings. I mean, his, if you look at his throw chart, it's all under five yards, and it's rarely does he ever throw it up the field, at least, you know, unless he has to double-hitch it. So the Saints are going to have to put a lot of pressure early down, early in the route to get the ball out and have to play tight man coverage. Because if you let him have windows to throw the ball, too, is very accurate. He doesn't have a powerful arm, but he's very accurate. And then these receivers have done a great job of yards after the catch.
2: Mike, always appreciate you hopping on. Have a great week. Happy New Year, and we'll catch up again in 2022. Thank you, Mike. There he goes, Mike Lombardi on the Odyssey guest line and the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to getroman.com slash Becky on how to get fifteen dollars off your first month. That's getroman.com slash Becky. Yeah, we'll get fully into the NFC coming up in a few minutes. We'll have a preview of Monday Night Football in about an hour from now. The two Ian book against Tua. I mean get get ready tonight.
0: Yeah. Are we contractually obligated to bet and watch?
2: Um, bet yeah. No. Watch that.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Good. Well, I'll bet on it. Am I going to watch every second? I'm probably not. <laughs> Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, L Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Up next, we'll look at the NFC. Teams are fading. Teams are rising. What is the state of the race heading into Week 17? That's next on the Bequl Network.